Welcome to The Well Podcast. We pray that this message ministers to you and blesses you as you listen. Even when I was up here, I didn't know like if I was going to get the opportunity to come up here because that stuff's so good and how do you move out of that? But then I started looking at this blanket, and I was going to put a blanket under my hat and let it. But the visual I think he wants to show is like, imagine me up here in camo outfit. I'd be so out of place. I'd look silly. The point that he's trying to make today is when Christians put anything on other than righteousness, it should look silly. We are called by his name, his great word, not our own. Our lives are not our own. He's called us to this thing. And to argue with him, the point of anything contrary to what he says is ridiculous to me. So I ask him, how, how can, we, can we move in a direction that his word says instead of what our minds say about things. Because we do, we get, we, get, we get word in us, we get filled up in moments like this morning, and sometimes from, from let me be careful how I word this, because our, our words are extremely powerful, but from what I've seen, and I don't want to see it no more, that's why I'm talking about it, is what I've seen is when you get somebody away from church, they look totally different. And I'm not meaning any condemnation with this. I'm saying the God that put things into existence by his word says amazing things about us. It's time to start lining our, our whole being to this. Not just little things. Not just implementing things and filtering things. It is a state of being because we have died to our old selves. And I get there's a process through things. But here's the thing is we have to learn the power of prayer behind closed doors, the secret place, putting off the old things. Lord, I see it in my life, but I know you ain't called me to it no more. And help me learn how to become this thing instead of trying to do better today. It's not about trying to do this thing. That's why Matthew 5 talks about the Beatitudes. It's about becoming and being this thing. And, and I'm, always, I'm always so subjected myself to his love. His, it's, it's the number one thing that I read in the Bible. And to me, that's the scarlet thread that's woven through all the scriptures is his love for us. And, and once I came to the realization of his love, I'm like, how do we talk about anything else? It's what it all hinges on. Everything he asks us to do, he asks us to do it in love. The truth spoken in love. Not just the truth. We're no longer trying to convince people that our truth is right. His truth is right. He said, in all you get, understand, in all you get, get understanding. I used to think that just as the Bible. Well, he showed me that's people too. 
I want you to understand them. You know what Jesus did? If we counted Jesus' church attendance, we'd be appalled. Jesus got low. Jesus spent time with the dirt and affected it. Which brings me into what he's calling us to is salt and light. He says, you are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. He doesn't say that he's salt, but he did say that he was light. I'm light. But you are salt. And I've looked up this just a little bit. And in Matthew, it doesn't really describe what he's saying. But in Luke, it describes it. He says, salt. You are the light of the world, salt of the earth. But salt, if it loses its saltiness, how can it become salty again? Salt like that is not even good for the earth or the dunghill. So I had to go back to this and understand what he's talking about because every time I've heard the salt and light thing, it's about preservatives and flavors. Now, I don't know if that's wrong or anything. I'm not, I'm not stating that. Um, what I'm saying is Luke kind of takes you a little bit different path. So you have to go into their culture, their time. What was the salt they're talking about? And from my understanding, what I've studied is it comes out of the Dead Sea on the shore. And it's not just sodium chloride. There's other things in there. There's magnesium. There's nitrates. And anything you know that needs to grow it needs nitrates. Nitrates are almost for the fruit, from my understanding, of the plant and the leaves. So what he's talking about, the salt, he, he's talking about how, how in, in one application... It's for things to grow, good things to grow. In another statement, he says the dung hill. Well, I find out that in their yards, they had like a low spot where they would uh, clear their bowels out, I guess you could say. And they would take a handful of salt, and it was a disinfectant. So that opens this salt and light thing a little bit differently. So salt... When it's exposed around good things that grow, it helps it grow. Things that are disease-filled, it helps it not spread. And that's what he calls us to. But here's the problem sometimes, is one, we can't even get to the understanding that that's who he's called us to be. That's probably the number one I, right? Selfish. That's why he says, deny yourself. He doesn't say deny the devil. He doesn't say deny your spouse. He doesn't even say deny Satan. He says deny yourself. Pick up your cross and follow me daily. So if we can understand that, uh, that when we come in contact with these things, that we actually are filled with his grace and mercy and my favorite, love, when we come in contact with these things, we help good things grow because it's his nature inside of us, not us doing the will. It's us just being. Salt does not try to change the atmosphere. Salt changes what it's going against just simply by what it is. I don't think granules of salt are sitting in there, let me be salt. It just is. 
Todd White, this reminds me of Todd, Todd White says it like this. You don't see an apple tree going, come on, cherries. If you squeeze an apple, it would be ridiculous to, to think orange juice would come out of it. If you squeeze a Christian, it should be weird that anything other than Jesus comes out. It, it, it has to be a, a place of knowing who we are. And when in the word, what he says, he says, hey, I put all things into existence by my word. And this is what I say about you. It's the reason why he's at the, with the woman at the well and he says, if you knew who I was, you'd ask me for a drink. Basically telling her, you've been drinking from a lot of cisterns and you've gotten your identity all over the place. If you know who I was, I'll tell you exactly who you are. That's why Romans, Romans talks about how we're dead to sin, dead to our sin, and alive unto Christ through baptism. What is baptism? We've been doing baptisms lately. Baptism is a display that I am going down and I'm not coming back up. And when you look at me, I'm going to look like my daddy. It ain't going to look like my old self. That's why we shout when they come back up. I even joke around when we did. I was like, hold me down until the bubbles stop. <laughs> God's so amazing, he'll revive me. <laughs> that dude is dying. He's dead. And we have to get to an understanding with him. And it's not about trying to understand better. I've tried to do it my, my whole Christian walk. I mean, try to understand better right now. You can't do it. It's through him and knowing him. And what's that look like? When nobody's looking, what is your heart doing? When, when trials come, what's the first thing that arises out of your heart? That's what he's trying to show us. But if you don't even know him, you're just going to feel guilty about what he's showing you instead of thankful that he's showing it to you, and you can thank and run to him. What did Adam do in the garden? He ran and hid. That's what we all tend to do. And he goes, hey, quit running and hiding. I'm right here. I want to help you. I want to clothe you. And he brought me to a place one day where I'm like, Lord, I don't, I don't even know what to put on anymore. I wake up and I ask you for help, and I feel like that's the wrong thing to ask for. And then he came to a scripture. He says, enter everything with supplication and thanksgiving. What's supplication? It's basically a humble beg. But thanksgiving follows that. So instead of begging for him to make me like him, he showed my heart in prayer to go, Lord, thank you for making me look like you. Thank you for sending your son that paid the price to make me look like you that you can live inside of your own creation and we can do this thing and we can travel from glory to glory. I'm no longer thinking about missing it at this point. When you leave prayer and all you've talked to the Father about is your sin or other sin, you're going to be very aware of sin. So if you put on his righteousness like it says, you're looking for righteousness, not sin. And you'll be amazed by 
supplicating that to him on how you don't even see the sin anymore in your life. It just starts to be erased. And then that starts lining up with the word. Because the word says, they will be my people and I will remember their sins no more. After every time Jesus healed somebody, what did he say? Go and sin no more. Romans says, so should we stay in sin so grace abounds? Of course not. How could we who died to it live in it any longer? 1 John 2 says, dear brothers and sisters, I write this to you so you do not continue to sin. But as I say this, you feel the weight of it, don't you? But then you go to a scripture and it says, for my burden is easy and my yoke is or my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So if we don't get, get down with him and understand what he's yoking us with, we're going to think that he's this cruel God that's almost laughing and trying to play pawns with us. But it's not like that. Because what did he say? He said, follow me. We're on the same level as him. He's not like, hey, stay down there, and I'm going to do the best I can with you. The word is full of things of what we're going to do as the body of Christ. If we can't understand what he's called us to, it's going to be hard to walk there. Everything we hear contrary to anything we used to think, we're not going to want to go there. Because I can say it like this, I can take you through Romans 5, 6, 7, and 8, and it is a, we're awesome, we're not, we're awesome, we're not, we're awesome, we're not, we're awesome if you stay in the spirit. But if you keep reading it, you miss that point of what he's called us to. So it's, it's getting to a mindset every day of your life that my identity is established in Christ. What does he say that he, he, he brought me out of the darkness and into the light? He set my feet on solid ground. What is that solid ground? Knowing who you are in Christ and why he sent his son. What did he send his son for? To multiply it. <laughs> the devil's like, I'm going to take his one and only son away. And the devil played in the hand of the father. And Jesus shed his blood to adopt us by blood. Right, George? We were talking about that. By blood into the family to where we are joint heirs now. So one and only son became children of the most high God. If you can never, ever even think about that, the one thing that I've heard through my life is, you're, well, you're not Jesus. No, you're right, I'm not, but I'm following him. And he's my big brother, and if you don't believe me, I'll call him back here. He'll come back. He's already made a way through here, but I'll call him back here. He'll show up. What happens when Jesus moves on to the scene? I can tell you what follows him. Us believers, miracles, signs, and wonders. If we truly believe who we're following is the Lord, instead of our own circumstances and things that are off the beaten path, 
but he's called us to affect and multiply where we're at. Stay where I've called you. I think about it this way. Um, scripture that says, you know, who are you to judge? I can't say it exact, but, you know, when you got a plank in your own eye and you're trying to deal with a speck in your neighbor's eye. So it's completely like, I don't have time to necessarily preach to you. I'm trying to let the Lord preach to me and take this log out of my eye. The problem is that I've learned over time as Christians, when he goes to yank that log out of our eye, we, we run from him. <laughs> it's going to hurt. <laughs> and it's, it's just totally understanding that he has our best interests in mind. He's going to help us through it all. And he's going to do the best out of any circumstance that we could choose for our own circumstance. He's going to choose the best route for us. And the Bible confirms that over and over again. That's why he sent his son, because he cares about his whole, whole creation. And if we... So when we were at, we went to uh, uh, see the Maverick City. I don't know if you get any of you know who that group of people are. Well, we went to go see them last night, and um, it's so weird. That's why I thought it was so neat that Becky was talking about stay up here, you know, kind of thing. Because I don't know the last time I've sat in the back of a church meeting, let alone like a worship concert night. And I kept gauging the first, like, six rows, and I'm like, man, they're having a totally different experience than I'm having. <laughs> like, I so wish I was up there. But, um, but so as I'm back there, I start gauging things like I would never gauge them because I, I love being up here and gauging focusedly on him. Well, when you're in the back, other things catch your gaze, you know, and it's just a different atmosphere. It just really is. So in this, I, I've, I said, Lord, you know, like, show me some things that, you know, I normally wouldn't be able to see because I, I don't ever choose this, this spot. So I'm here. What will you show me? And uh, to my surprise, it had nothing to do with the concert. But there was two crosses on the, on the side of the stages. And, and my attitude is so bringing us Christians and myself out of sin and into the light. Like, that's the one thing I constantly want to hit on is, like, we are not those people. Let's quit living there. So I think he gives me things to make it look silly to be back there. Not condemning, but silly to where we all come up into this. Because it says, hey, when you all link arms and you all are an army rising up, this is when it'll be a sign to the other side. So it's time to get on this side. But as I'm looking at those crosses, he goes, do you realize, Daryl, that in the time that crosses were a death sentence, how morbid it would be if you brought a bunch of those people from that time, how morbid that would look to have crosses on the side of the stages. That was a death sentence. And he goes, and now you see it as an amazing remembrance 
He says, I do that with my people. I can make ugly things amazing in other people's sight. And it's just so neat how he talks to me about this stuff. Because then he even told me, he said, now, Daryl, I want, I want you to have this understanding, too. Yeah, I, I wrote to my people about some sinful things and what they needed to do to get rid of it. But when I had my people address those peoples, they were addressed as saints, not sinners. Saints. And it's time that we step into that. Not because, think of it this way. I, I've been looking on, on, on his humility, not my humility, his. I've had a lot of false humility in my entire life. Um, I've, I've been humility in a spiteful way. I've been humble in a false setting that I thought was right but was wrong. But I've learned this much that God's humility is a little bit different than what we, we align our hearts with. You know, um, it's meekness, it's kindness, it's love. But there's a word that comes out of Hebrew, and it's eneva. And I heard the other day that the direct translation to that is God-given space. Changes things a little bit in humility. What he's saying is I want you to be humble in what I've put on you, and made you for. So when you step into who I've created you to be, I don't want you to be any more or any less, but I want you to be right there. No matter what other people think about that, I've called you to this purpose and this thing. And it's aligning our hearts in what he says. We sing about it. I am who you say I am. But here's where, where we get. So I can sit here and tell you about how much he's called us out of sin. I've done this for a little bit now where I can sit here and I can talk. I can be a men about coming out of sin. And when we get out and we start talking about it in, in, in reality and we're out there in the actual world, we go, yeah, but. And I can take you to a place in the garden. Where God said, that tree right there, don't eat from it. And they walk over to it, say, yeah, we're not supposed to eat of that. Yeah, but did God really say that? I'm telling you, what he says in the Bible is what I try to stay on the straight and narrow path with. I try not to add my own things in here, but I'll tell you one thing that he does say that he has brought you out of that sinful nature and he will remember it no more. And he set your feet on solid ground. And he said, they will be my people and I will remember their sins no more and I will make a new covenant with them. We're God's holy, chosen people. And and God said that, not me. God says these things. Pastor Wade talks about it. I hear him quote this scripture more than I do anybody else, and I love it because it just reminds me that God's good thoughts 
about you outnumber the grains of sand on the earth. And we were even talking about it Wednesday night, and uh, I can't remember which one of us guys was talking about it, but somebody said, uh, you know, what if those good thoughts were like the potential of what he sees, what he can do through us? What if those were the thoughts that he thought about? This makes your mind wander. Totally takes your eyes off of sin, don't it? Starts going, ooh, Lord, what are we doing today? But here's what happens. Katie spoke about it. Because the minute we get all revved up, because she was revved up right when she woke up, she's going to see her favorite people. That come off wrong. Y'all are her favorite people, okay? I mean, the favorite people that she listens to on the... <laughs> that come off wrong. Right. <laughs> but, but, and then just like this, something, whether it be a thought or a circumstance, crosses our path, and it takes us out of the remembrance of who we are, like the Egyptian. They forgot like that. We cannot be forgetful people. We don't have time, like she said. The Bible says, redeem the time, the days are evil. And I'm telling you, when his love, his agape love wrecks you, for what it, what it did to me anyways, you cannot see outside of it anymore. I used to talk about his love and said that I used to filter my, my day through it. I can't even filter it anymore. It's just who I am now. Even if I cross the line, I mean, it's, it's minutes. You can ask my wife. It's minutes, and I'm like, why would I do that? And I'm like, all right, Lord, thanks for showing me. This is what I should do. Thanks for showing me, and how do I make it right? And you pick up the phone, if it was a person, and you write that wrong because that's what righteousness does. The difference between right and righteousness is right points out, points out the wrong. Righteousness fixes it. And he said he clothes you with a robe of righteousness. He is right at all your wrong. And you're going to tell me to sit at my house and feel so short? Mm -mm. I've been bought with a high price and I'm tired of selling out cheap. The Lord of everything told me to go in his name. I think I'm going to start picking that voice instead of the, yeah, but you got bills. Yeah, but you got kids. What are you going to do about your kids? Are you going to forget about your kids? I mean, you're just going to run. I'll tell you what the Bible says about it. <laughs> he says, forget it all. And here's the cool thing, is he doesn't say that because he's a mean God up there and saying, forget your wife, forget your kid, forget all this. He goes, you won't even know how to love them well until you come to me and I show you what true love is. So come to me, all who are weary and burdened, weighed down by life, and I will give you rest. And when I give you rest, when you go out, you affect what you touch, and you will multiply what's inside of you. 
That's why when you come in here, something's already stirring. Why? Because there's people that understand this, this very thing that I'm talking about. And they're going, Lord, I love what you're doing, and I'm behind it. So when you come in here, the waters are already... That's why everybody's over here going, get up front. Because <laughs> all it takes is one look at him, and it will mess you up for the rest of your life. But, but think about it this way. He says that there's three things that will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. And he says, my people perish due to lack of understanding. What does perish mean? It doesn't mean die. It means wasting away. My people waste away due to the lack of their understanding. And he says, I want to transform you into who I am. And he wants to transform you into his love, his agape love, and that's why you'll never die. His love will always remain. And that's why we can be one. We can look differently, but still wake up with the same thing in mind. Oh, look at this. I was like, where do you want to go now? Shut it down. <laughs> Lucky you guys, man. So let me leave with this. We, we talked about his good thoughts towards us, right? There's also something that he charges us with, with our thoughts. He says, think about, set your mind on the realities of heaven. Think about things above and not beneath. If God is, if God is only going around thinking about the good things of his people, don't, and we're trying to line our hearts and our agendas up with his, don't you think we should start thinking about better things than the, the things that set us back and down and trample us? If we've been bought with the most expensive price that's ever been paid, because he didn't say that he, he, he died for us when we got it correct. He said he died for us when we weren't correct. And in that, that scripture, he says somebody would never die for somebody that was okay. But there might be somebody that might die for somebody that's especially good. He said, but yet Jesus died when you were an enemy of him. That's mega love, guys. <laughs> and we think if they did us wrong, they should pay a price. If that was the truth, we'd all be sent somewhere. He says, who will be forgiven? Or who forgives will be forgiven too. It's time to forgive people. And forgiveness isn't just for that person. It's for our own hearts. 
He says, who the sun sets free is free indeed. It should look like it. We should look free. And I'm telling you, we're getting a taste of it. I'm not trying to knock anything. <laughs> trying to look at good. But I'm trying to make the past look so horrendous that we never want to go back there. We never want to talk ourselves in going back. Can you imagine being slaves for 400 years, getting to the other side and going, what are we doing? We need to go back. That's insane. Insane, and it shows the stronghold of devices that the devil uses against us. And the Bible says he's been plundered, and the keys have been stolen, and the keys have been given to his church. Time to start opening some doors, guys, and clearing the room. If you ain't of the kingdom, see ya. He says the kingdom is advancing. He talks to me in different ways, kind of like Wade talks about. He talks to me because I'm a handyman, right? Build things and stuff like that. He said, hey, Daryl, you know what I want my people to do? I said, what's that, Lord? He said, I want them to build an addition onto heaven. You guys are my builders. I'm contracting y'all. He says the kingdom of heaven is advancing, and every evil work is trying to come against it. But we got the hammer, we got the lumber, we got everything we need. The Bible even states it. It says, I've given you everything to live a holy, godly life. You are lack of nothing. Doesn't say that as people perish due to lack of things. It says lack of knowledge and what he says. Not even like just regular knowledge. Like a lot of us have a lot of knowledge and wisdom. But is it his? Or has that been tainted? It's the little foxes that steal the precious fruits of the vine. It says our war is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. Anything that tries to exalt itself against the knowledge of what God said. Anything contrary of what God said, that's where our, our, our weapons are powerful. God didn't say that. That's where we stand. My Lord didn't say that. I can tell you what he did say. Time to stand into it, guys. So... Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for what you're doing in all of our hearts today. That you're healing, of, uh, healing us of sicknesses, diseases, hurts, and hang-ups. And Lord, even better, you said that you're going to pull out our hearts of stone and put in a heart of flesh. And your word says that we will be your people. So Lord, let us rise to the occasion. Let our life be worthy of the call you've called us to. As we go out, Lord, as you send us out, send us out. Don't just let us walk out. Send us out. Your word gives us direction, but Lord, I know your Holy Spirit can do it in a moment. You said that you'll write your word on our hearts. So I ask you to just 
reveal what you've already written on all of our hearts here today. And remind us of our helmet of salvation, our breastplate of righteousness, our shield of faith, our sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And the thing that holds it up, Lord, the belt of truth, your truth, Lord. Clothe us in your armor today so that we can stand against the evil one and his schemes. And as we stand, let it be a living testimony for those who watch. Let people that get to just peek into our lives be set in awe to where all they can say is clearly, these were children of God. We want to thank you for listening in today. At The Will, we believe in cultivating a culture for more of God. Wherever you are in your relationship and walk with God, we believe that there is always more for those who diligently seek after Him. If you would like to find out more, please check out our website at thewellmichigan.com and connect with us on social media.